self-awareness in the workplace, it's important because we want to get a job done. We know that there's clients to bill and projects to get done, but we also have to realize we're working with people. We're working with humans in the workplace and humans have a lot going on, even more so nowadays, I think with COVID and post-COVID, there are more mental health awarenesses and, and other things. People have different things going on in their lives. So we as leaders do need to be self-aware, not only to just our, our, ourselves, but attuned to what other people need and slowing down and asking questions. I think that asking questions is a huge piece of mm. being a leader. It's also, if you're trained as a coach, that's something that you're trained as you are the one asking the questions to get people to prompt their own solutions. But it's really asking questions and listening. I think that's a huge part of self-awareness, mm. slowing down and say, let me pause myself for a minute. Let me slow down. Let me realize that there are other opinions in the room, other points of view in the room, other needs in the room. Mm -hmm. So I think that those are important points. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Kate Walker. Kate is an executive leadership and human resources expert and author. She is SPHR and SHRM-SCP certified. Kate has over two decades of senior level corporate human resources experience, serving as human resources director at global companies in marketing. Welcome to our show, Kate. Hello, Shahid. So good to be here. Yes, nice to have you. That's a tremendous amount of experience in one thank field. Thank you. Yes, thank <clears> you. <throat> thank you. I fell into human resources on accident, and it was a happy accident, mm -hmm. and I stayed for a while. I just wanted to make sure I was in creative industry. So my HR career has always been in creative industries, dynamic industries. That's what kept me super excited. Is that your background though? Have you done or dabbled in marketing before? No. no. I was a speech communication major in college. So I knew that communication, the communication medium was always very interesting to me, but I do not have a creative bone in my body. I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter. I'm not any of those things, but I really grew to get to know those different kinds of personalities. And I really grew to like those personalities. So if I cannot be the artist, or the marketer, then what could I do to work with them? So I found human resources, which I was able to use my communication major and my communication interest and passion and do it that way. Mm. And having two decades of experience, can you share some consistent leadership challenges that you have noticed or observed in that, yes, in that time frame? Yes. Thank you for asking. It's That's actually been the most fascinating part of my career is that I grew to observe leaders in action. And my very first human resources professional career in an ad agency, my boss went to another ad agency. And long story short, I was left alone in the HR department. It was a team of three. We were a small team and the corporate headquarters was in New York. But I was there by myself. And then the phone starts ringing and I'm being asked to go up to different leadership offices to help troubleshoot problems 
So I really got at a very young age, a great firsthand experience and great firsthand observation for how are these leaders behaving? How are they acting? How are people responding to them? So th that's been it, like, if I could go get a PhD, I would probably do my dissertation in, in, in leadership because that's been the most fascinating. I've been able to see leaders that truly inspire and motivate and get people very excited. I've seen leaders where people just don't want to work for them. I've seen the whole gamut. And I, hmm. I certainly going back to my experience in communication, that is absolutely a theme or a thread throughout my career is watching the experienced communicators. And you can learn how to be an experienced communicator. Those are the people that really I, I saw get those get that respect and get that get those great relationships going. We're the we're the good we're the hmm. good communicators. Mm -hmm. So that's one quality, good communicators that yes. we found achieving team morale. Yes. Are there any other qualities that you notice in your experience that could help someone? Absolutely. It's interesting mm. too. I think the more senior we get, the busier we get, the more demands on our time. And then we tend to get stuck in our offices or stuck in whatever we're doing. And it becomes a little bit more difficult to become visible or accessible. And I've also observed leaders that are getting those good accolades are visible. Back in kind of pre-COVID time when people were going into offices, everybody was going into offices and we were going in five days a week. There were leaders, one in particular that I recall, that was the senior most leader in the building, very busy, out doing walkabouts, often knocking on my door when I was mm. not expecting this person to knock on my door, knocking on other people's doors, pe uh, po poking their head in to see, hey, what's going on? Just those visible touch points I found to be very valuable. That, that's another thing. I know we're on remote these days. Many of us work from home, but still pinging someone, hey, just checking in. How are you doing? Yeah. What's going on? Those little efforts, it may seem inconsequential or insignificant, but I can say that it does make a difference just to show someone I'm here. I see you. I may not physically see you, but I'm thinking of you. I want to ping you. I want to say hello. I want to see how you're doing. So those touch points are important. And it, it, that yeah. kind of does go back to communication as well. So yeah. there's another communication yeah. through line for sure. You can probably elaborate on this, but I feel that there's some leaders that don't create those touch points feeling that they don't want any lines to be crossed in their business. Yes. They avoid the touch points or they yeah. maybe they're a little bit more serious. What, what are your thoughts on that? I understand touch points are so much better to build relationships, but I, I think you need to be mindful with those touch points. Certainly if I'm doing touch points with the team, I don't want to step on my manager's toes and go and have these meetings without them knowing. But there's something no. called formally skip levels, where a skip level is where the person it's two level, it could be many, it could be skip levels all the way down in the reporting line. So personally, I think creating a culture of communication collaboration where skip levels, if you want to call it a formal process are encouraged. And I, I do think that there are other ways to have the touch points. If those one-on-one -on -one quick interactions don't feel appropriate, then you can join, you can schedule and host team meetings where you're coming in to talk with the whole team. You can schedule all company meetings. So there are different ways to get out in front of the people because as a leader, the people want to see you, the people want to hear from you, the people want to know what you're up to, what you're thinking, what you're doing, what's going on what the vision is, where we're going. It's important to keep those touch points going. So it's, I, I believe in every company, you just need to find the right methodology so that people don't feel like you're infringing on their team or their territory. 
Mm. So what led you from switching from the corporate world to create your own firm? Is there a story behind that? Yes, there's a, there's definitely a story. So as you'd mentioned, I've been in HR for a couple of decades and I really fell into the function on accident and just grew to love it. And I loved all the different things that we as HR professionals could be doing. To that point, there's a lot to do. You've got your benefits, you've got compensation, you've got recruitment, you've got HRIS systems, the list goes on and on. And I know how to do all those things. I worked in all those things. And toward the end of my career, I was really more in what we now call the business partner function. That's where you are out on the front lines, the leadership and the teams, finding out what they need, what their needs are, how we as HR can support them, and then bringing in experts from the HR team to help support the needs. So it was it was a large volume of different work on any given day, which I thought was fantastic. But then there came a point where I really grew to love those coaching conversations, those consult, those consultative conversations of leaders and teams where I was a little more narrow in how I was helping them, how I was showing up and, and uh, providing service to them. So I thought HR, this is many things. It's a beautiful thing to do, but I believe I want to get more focused in how I'm helping individuals. So I also, I was still in corporate when COVID hit and that took up all of our time. I was in multiple COVID meetings, which understandably those are very important, but I thought, I think if there's a different way I can help people then that's what I'd like to do. So I took the brave risk, the crazy risk of leaving this incredible job that I was at the time to go out on my own and start my own consulting agency and just be in those very focused kinds of conversations where in particular, I'm helping leaders navigate team issues. I'm helping leaders navigate. Sometimes they, they want to leave their current role and go someplace else. So helping them navigate those things, workplace politics, those are areas that really light me up is helping the leadership or even non-leaders, but people that really want to advance career and want insider information or inside tips and the how-to. And those are things that I can help them with. So I just wanted to get more focused in how I was providing um, my skills and services. Yeah. This, like you said, it's a big step. What was the feeling that you were going through before you took that leap because you're leaving a, a, a salary, you're leaving a yes. job, benefits yeah. probably as well. And there's a lot of people in, in your situation that are sticking with the job, not taking that step. Yes. Is there anything they could share from your experience? What led you to create this successful company and, and leave that security? Yes. First of all, there is fear involved. So I don't want to paint it, sugarcoat it like it's just yeah. all rainbows and unicorns. There's a lot of fear involved. <laughs> so two things. Number one is I really felt so strongly that I wanted to, as I'd mentioned before, I really wanted to serve in a certain way. So that felt like a really strong gravitational pull to pull me out of there is that, is that I want to do something very specific and I don't believe I can do it here. And I don't believe I can do this specific thing anywhere else in another corporation. And at that point, I'd done the corporate thing and it was such an incredible experience of a lifetime. But I thought, I think I'm at the point now where I have the experience to go out and on my own. So that was one very strong pull that kept me focused. The, the other thing I had to really consider, and this might be a concern for many people out there, was the money. Where am I going to get the money? Who's going to pay me? I got to pay my bills. I have a lot of obligations. That was something that I had to work on for at least a good year. Is And I call it money mindset. But your thoughts around money and really not only coming up with the money plan. Okay. If I have this many clients, I'm charging this much. Here's how much I can make. Those are 
very important tactical tactical issue. The relationship. The relationship with your money. Mm. And then also trusting, and this goes into, I don't know if spiritual work is the right word to call it, but just really trusting that things are going to work out, starting to shift the mindset that instead of waiting for a problem to happen, shifting the mindset to say, I'm going to trust, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to trust the process, I'm going to trust myself. I know that this is going to work out. I'm going to take it one step at a time. So there is a lot of mindset work. And I know for me and probably many of your listeners, we get the loop, we get the tape running in our mind, the the safety, the safety voice saying, don't do that, or this is going to be too hard, or that won't work. So it is a matter of also trying to override that voice. And that takes time. It takes practice. It takes yes. help. And I'll be honest with you that I've read many books that have helped support me. I've listened to podcasts to help support me. So this is not a journey I went on by myself. I went on a journey with many other books and speakers and leaders who were who were talking in the ways that made me feel motivated and inspired. And that is very yeah. important. Yes. And to, to be motivated and inspired, a big component, which you have went through, is self-awareness. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a game changer. There are a lot of leaders that haven't grasped that concept yet. Can you share from your experience regarding self-awareness and how it changed the way you do business and the success that you're experiencing because of it. Yes. And I would have to say as well that I am a self-awareness student. I am a work in progress. And I believe that okay. my self-awareness has gotten better over it's time. It's forever though. It yep. is forever. It's a never-ending yeah. learning growth experience. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on. And yep. Self-awareness in the workplace, it's important because we want to get a job done. We know that there's clients to bill and projects to get done, but we also have to realize we're working with people. We're working with humans in the workplace and humans have a lot going on, even more so nowadays, I think with COVID and post-COVID, there are more mental health awarenesses and, and other things. People are have different things going on in their lives. So we as leaders do need to be self-aware, not only to just our, our, ourselves, but attuned to what other people need and slowing down and asking questions. I think that asking questions is a huge piece of mm. being a leader. It's also, if you're trained as a coach, that's something that you're trained as you are the one asking the questions to get people to prompt their own solutions. But it's really asking questions and listening. I think that's a huge part of self-awareness, mm. slowing down and say, let me pause myself for a minute. Let me slow down. Let me realize that there are other opinions in the room, other points of view in the room, other needs in the room. Mm -hmm. So I think that those are important points. Yeah. It's the awareness, the self-awareness of our strengths and our weaknesses that can elevate what we do with others when we're trying to go out and trying to serve and trying to make a change and trying to help others. Without that self-focus initially, it just feels off. We're not aware of a lot of those automatic things that we do, the automatic yes. thoughts, the automatic uh, feelings, the automatic behaviors. I laugh sometimes at certain things that I'll do automatically or I'll feel or say or think. And I'll say, oh, my God, where is this coming from? And that is so powerful when you want to become a better leader because now 
you become so much more understanding towards other people. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Yes, it's, it is. It's, and we're, we're programmed as humans. We have habits. We have things mm-hmm. that are comfortable. We have ways that we mm-hmm. like to show up. We have, especially if you're mm-hmm. successful in business, you probably had a formula that where that worked. And so I changed the formula if it's working, but it might be working in some ways. It might be working with maybe getting the sale. I don't know, but maybe you're annoying to, to 15 people on your team in the meantime, because you're not showing up in the right ways with them. So it's, it is, it's having the, the interest to want to slow down and pause and mm. think of other ways of doing things. And I know I've been in certain trainings and now more than ever, there are different, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging types of trainings where you can learn more about other people and other people's responses to the world and their own programming and their own wants and needs. So I, I feel like I just want to keep being a student for understanding mm. other people and, and other people's needs and seeing how we can help serve that uh, in a way that is hopefully a win-win. Feels good for me. Feels good for you. Yeah. Excellent. And you work with some big companies, right? Nintendo, USTA. Can you share some lessons that kind of shapes your view on leadership in general? There are, wait, almost like what we just talked about. There are people who want to be the best that they can be. And there are people maybe in kind of autopilot mode. So I think it depends. I, I know for me, I, I like to work at companies where the leaders are dynamic and we're being collaborative, we're being cooperative. There's a positive vibration. There's not the, the mean leader at the top who's uh, yeah. making other people scared and all those kinds of things. So I think it is a cultural, a bit of a cultural opportunity as well in how if poor behavior is tolerated at a company, then that's going to ultimately over time poison the water. So those are uh, unfortunate things that can happen. So yeah, mm. I think we as especially human resources leaders want to make sure that we're having those honest, candid conversations with leadership as makes sense. Hopefully you've built that relationship, you built that trust with leaders to bring in, hey, I'm observing this. I want to like that those are conversations that we as HR leaders especially should be having to let someone know maybe there is a blind spot, maybe there's some lack of awareness that they just didn't know. So I think that those are opportunities. I think also from an HR standpoint or just company standpoint, training is always a great way for people to have an aha moment and learning something new. So I think we just have to keep talking and we have to keep training to keep showing people, like you talk about, just having that self-awareness and how Mm. they might show up a little differently. And I will say as well, you maybe can't change five things at once. It's okay. Like for people who go through a 360 review where you're getting feedback from the boss and your colleagues and your peers and other people, it's a lot of information. It's, oh my God, it looks like I need to change 50 things. But really, if you can focus on one or two things, that can make a very powerful difference. So if you are receiving feedback, just maybe find that one or two things that you can work on. It, w- it will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Good. What are your thoughts on the difference between managing people and leading them? That is a great question. It it, it seems like it's one thing, but it is it is two things. It, it, it can't mm-hmm. be rolled into one, but you really do have to differentiate. Managing mm-hmm. people, I sometimes like to say, managing people is approving the time cards, approving the time off request, 
making sure they turn in their assignment on Tuesday at noon. It's a, it feel, management feels a little more tactical. It's important. Leadership is finding those ways to inspire people. Like I feel I want to turn in that assignment on Tuesday at noon because I'm excited about the work. I'm motivated. So it's really trying to inspire a, 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 a mindset and a way of working for the team where they feel excited to dial in to their job every day or show up to their work every day. So what are those things that we can do to get people excited and want to come along on the journey, want to mm. follow us, want to be a part of our team? So it is, it, they are two different things and it does take practice to mm. balance the two. We know that as people, managers, that's time consuming. It does take a, a lot of tactical mm. commitment, but then it's also having that, the mindset and the, the desire to say, okay, I'm managing. Let me find ways to be a leader. And that is probably one of the most challenging stepping points, I would say, up, up the ladder or whatnot is how do you do that? If you've not been a leader, how do you do that? How do you learn that? So I mm -hmm. think being around consultants or coaches or ins inspirational people in your world who you can learn from and ask, like, how oh, the way you ran that meeting was like, I just feel fired up and excited. How did you... Tell me how you did that. So I think if you want to be a good leader, asking questions as well, having mentorship can be very helpful because le leadership, mm. that's a little bit of a more dynamic skill and it can be mm. learned. Lovely answer. As leaders, you want to bring out the best version of the person. Exactly what you're saying about inspiring yeah. the leaders, bringing out the best version of that person to the party, bring it more to the surface. And, Absolutely. and that is an excellent leader there. So and, that's and what wonderful. better to go home? Mm. Yeah. What better to go home at the end of the day saying, wow, I've got this boss and just the things that we're doing, the things that we're talking about is, are, are just so inspirational and motivational. I just feel great about the work I'm doing. That's yeah, a win. It makes <laughs> a huge a difference. Right you can go home at the end of the day and feel really good. Kate, can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? That is a beautiful question. Thanks. I would have to say with all my years of experience, it might even come down to listening as a skill, listening to read in between the lines, listening for what's not being said verbally. Maybe it's being said non-verbally. So those are important cues and important things, especially in, in my line of work, especially in leadership to be a good listener. I know as leaders, we want to talk and tell and share and all those different things, yeah. but it is important to be an active listener. There's a saying, people want to be seen and people want to be heard. And I think by way of listening, you can do a little bit of both. You can say, hey, mm. I see you and I hear you. I think that those are important points for people to feel good about mm. the work that they're mm. doing, what they're doing and their interaction with you as well. Yeah. Listening is a, is a beautiful skill to have as a leader. And you're also mentioning about reading vibrations. You're able to read vibrations because yes. most of the conversation is happening in that realm. Some people that don't understand what I'm talking about might think whatever that is, but there is reality. When you've noticed someone walk into a room and they're off, you sense them from the other corner of the room. You just sense in a room. So these are all vibrational readings that we can do from each other. And if you become a really good listener, when you become self-aware, when you become calm within, that's when you heighten those gifts 
if you may that say. is so true that is so true yeah. i i agree with that and and that's another it, it feels a little woo to maybe talk about yeah. something like that but it is true it is real it's true <laughs> it's real it, yeah. it is it is and it's something <laughs> that you can start to become more aware of if you're interested mm -hmm. in becoming aware of that or are the people's yeah. vibrations yeah yes is is great in leadership is great in sales it changes the game how you do things so definitely I appreciate you Kate for coming on our show it was great talking to you learning about all the wonderful things that you're doing and at the end of the day you're helping people which is great we we'll love having guests like you on the show and appreciate your time today thank you and if I may mention also Shahid as I do sure. have a book coming out on October 24th and everything mm -hmm. we've talked about is in the book, but it's called A Candid Conversation, Lessons in Life, Love, and Leadership. And I, I talk about my own personal journey. It's a very vulnerable journey starting in, in my youth and going into my career in 20s and 30s and different obstacles I had to overcome and different through lines in my career and relationships. So it's a great book if you are interested in tapping into a little bit more of your own self-awareness or having your own personal reflections. I think that my book, that's what I share in the book. So if you're looking to have some of those same experiences and learn or read someone else's journey and think, oh yeah, that's something to think about. Let me think about that. So that's why I wrote the book, not only to share my own experiences, but hoping that I can help empower people as they're making career changes. I do talk about in the book, how I left corporate very specifically and what I wish I would have known going into entrepreneurship. So I hope that anybody who whose own journey resonates with our conversation today might check out the book. Again, it's out on October 24th. It will be on Amazon.com, A Candid Conversation by Kate Walker. Wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing the actual details because sometimes people share the book, but they don't actually provide the specific details, what to expect from it. So I appreciate that. Yes. And one more quick plug. If you want to know a little bit more yeah. about the book, if you want to get on the interest list, you can go to my website, katewalker.com, and you can sign up for the interest list and we'll send you a little more information and you can learn more about me and my services. So thank Perfect. you so much, Shahad. I've, yeah, I've really enjoyed the conversation. My pleasure, Kate. Thank you. And audience, thank you for joining us once again. Kate's information will be in the show notes. Get in touch if you would like to meet and see what she can do for you. Appreciate you guys and appreciate you, Kate.